0: Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 17. We'll be in verses 14 through 16. You can find it in your pew Bible on page 1073, and we'll actually flip the page to 1074 today. Again, that's on page 1073, John 17, verses 14 through 16. In Jesus praise. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us go to him in prayer. O oh, holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So since the beginning of this year, we have been traveling through Jesus's prayer found in John 17, and, and Jesus has structured his prayer in such a way that in the first five verses, he's really praying for himself. He's, he's praying for his glory. He's praying that God would remember the covenant of redemption that was there before the foundation of the world. Jesus is saying, I've done my part and it's your turn to do your part. And of course, Jesus has the utmost confidence that God the Father will do so because that's his very nature. And then Jesus begins praying there in verse six, all the way through the end for his disciples and for those who have faith in him. And we've seen him pray for our security, to pray that our joy may be fulfilled. Well, today, in in these verses that he prays, he prays that we will be left here, but he prays it on account of the gospel. See, in these three verses that Jesus prays, there's something that he says that is central to the gospel, for he speaks of regeneration, of being born again. Did you hear it when we read together? Let me read it again, see if you catch it this time. For Jesus prayed, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Did you hear it that time now that you were looking for it? Did you see what Jesus said? It's there in verse 14 and he repeats it again in verse 16 when he says, They are not of the world, for we are in Christ Jesus. It's important how Jesus orders his words and the language he uses. We are not of the world, but we are still in the world. For those who are in Christ Jesus have been regenerated, have been born again. See, regeneration is an absolute and vital importance to the gospel, to our understanding, to our living, to our telling, to our salvation. For to be born again is at the very basis of our salvation. And it's true. There are some who think they have been born again, but they are not. And so today, we're going to spend time during this moment of the message in self-examination of our hearts. We're going to spend time reflecting, have I been regenerated? Have I been born again by the Spirit? And so as we go into this self-examination, let's take a look at Jesus' very words on this subject found in John chapter 3. I'll read for you verses 1 through 10. It's written, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? And Jesus answered him, are are you the teacher of Israel and yet do not understand these things? See, Jesus gives us the understanding of regeneration here in this exchange with Nicodemus. And it's in verse 3 where he says, unless one is Born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And later he says, don't marvel that I say you must be born again. Jesus says must. Making it an imperative, an absolute. That without it. The gates of heaven will be closed to us. And so for many, we've taken on the name Christian. Sometimes we do so nominally, just so we can fit in. But many of us have taken it on, but the mere name Christian will not gain you admittance into the kingdom of God. No, simply adopting that name, that moniker, that title, isn't enough for you must be born again. But you protest, Pastor, Pastor, I have not only taken the name Christian, but the manner in which I live is Christian. I go to church, I attempt godliness and holiness, I live with integrity. Truly I tell you, the gates of heaven will not open for you unless you have been born again. For it's Jesus that says in John 3 verse 6, That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. And what Jesus is talking about is the very motivation of our heart. What is the motivation behind these actions of going to church, of praying to God, of reading our scripture, of being a servant, of living with integrity? What is the motivation behind it? For when we are of the world, our motivation to do these things is not for the glory of God, but rather to constantly try and prove and earn our worthiness of salvation. And folks, if that is our motivation for being here today, if that is our motivation for living with integrity, if it is our motivation to prove our worthiness by being as godly as possible, we will fall short every time and the gates of heaven will remain closed to you. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh. It could be, That you're a member of a church. In fact, you could be a member of this church. You, You might have even been baptized. You probably maybe even took the Lord's Supper. It's even possible to be a deacon or an elder in the church. Except if your heart has not been regenerated. You will not see the kingdom of God. These are the words of Jesus the Christ himself. That merely doing all of these good deeds and trying to prove our worthiness, trying to earn our salvation, will amount to nothing. For we do it from selfish ambition, we do it for our own glory, for our own selves. But Jesus said, That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so, it is to be made known to us that regeneration is not something we accomplish by our own merits, by our own doing, by our own hard work. I have no memory of my first birth of my physical birth on December 27th, 1982. But I do know I had absolutely nothing to do with it. And so it is with my second birth, when the Lord called me and entered into my heart. For then it was all on his actions. For you see, the scripture says, while I was yet a sinner, while I was in rebellion against God, while I deserved wrath and just punishment for my sins, Christ, Christ died for me, proving that God does love us. For you see, I was in no way fit to be called to God, nor had any desire to be. Rather, I had a desire to fit in, to do things of the world. For you see, that kind of goes back to our motivation. When Jesus says that we are not of the world, then those who have been born again, our motivations are different. They don't look like that of the world. For it's the world that tells us to work hard. It's the world that tells us we can earn the things that we have. But it's God that says, you can't earn my grace. It is a gift from him. One we did not deserve to be born again. That's God, the Spirit. By a supernatural manner. On the hearts of his people. For you see, it must be of God, not man. It must be of the Spirit, not flesh. It must be a divine Operation upon our hearts. It's a completely new nature that looks nothing like the world but looks like God's kingdom. A new desire, motivation put in our hearts. For you see, when we are regenerated and born again, it changes us radically. No longer do we call ourselves Christians or go to church or serve or tithe or go to the office of deacon or elder or try to earn salvation. We aren't trying to get in anymore when our hearts have been born anew. For rather, we do all of those things out of grateful and joyful gratitude for the salvation he has given us. For we recall that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. When we didn't earn it, Christ died for us. When we didn't deserve it, Christ died for us. When we were unworthy of it, Christ died for us. It's not something that we put on a list and marked off with a check. See, the difference is when we do all of the things we do, they come out of joy and obedience. They come for the glory of the Lord, not for our own self-esteem. See, Paul puts it this way in his second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. This is why Jesus prays and talks of those who are his followers, his disciples, those who believe in him are not of the world because believers have been born of the Spirit. A new birth, not of the world, but of the Spirit. And for those he has given his word, God's word, God's promises, the inheritance that Jesus is to inherit is to also be ours. So the world hates us, Jesus prays, and the evil one will come for us. And so Jesus prays here in this prayer for our protection. And he also prays to leave us here. Why? Why would he pray to leave us here? If we have been born again and born in the spirit of water and spirit and we are now in Christ Jesus, this new creation, ready to enter into the kingdom of God. Why does he leave us here knowing the evil one is around that people will hate us? The scripture is clear. It's because we've been called church. This Greek word ekklesia, from the world to God. And that together as the body of Christ and as individual believers, our lives are a living sacrifice to demonstrate, to present, to make known the love of Christ and the glory of God from where he's placed us to the very ends of the world. You were born again for your salvation and you remain here to celebrate the gospel and to make known the glory of God. May it be so. Amen.